if you're all fishing in the same pool, at some point, right, you come up with nothing or nothing different. But the minute you are willing to do something different, you'd be surprised at, at what's out there. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. Over the last several months, we have explored some of the issues surrounding diversity in tech, or better stated, the lack of diversity in tech. An area we have not dug into yet is the talent pipeline and the role it plays in building diversities in our teams and our companies. This is your host, Jeff Tun. In this episode, we're going to speak with Nicole Crane. Nicole is the CEO of Tectonic, a software development company that is a certified B Corp and which has diversity as its part of its core mission. Tectonic is the creator of the first software development apprenticeship recognized by the Department of Labor. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. This is uh, super exciting. Yes, I'm really excited to dig into this because when I learned of Tectonic and the role you were playing as having that apprenticeship, I just couldn't wait to dig in and understand more about how that works. But before we do that, I'd love to know about your journey. What brought you to Tectonic? And then we'll get into what Tectonic does in itself. But I'd love to start with your journey. Sure. So I actually started my career uh, in Silicon Valley, and um, I actually worked for a very large cable operator back in the day. But I quickly moved into the startup world. And, you know, all things technology back in the day, regardless of industry. And as I progressed through my career, you know, certainly started facing the same challenges that most companies did in that we couldn't find good talent or we were constantly competing for the same pool of people. And about four years ago, I moved to uh, Boulder, Colorado for an opportunity with a SaaS company. And again, the same thing. We're competing with talent, especially when Google moved into town. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I, you know, I was in the market again and looking and I came across Tectonic and I was like, what a genius idea. Um, and having lived the side of trying to find talent fast enough and qualified enough, I was like, wow, I now have an opportunity to go from the other end and help others that are facing the same challenge by extending the offering that Tectonic had. So I was, I was super excited by it because I was like, I can't believe somebody hadn't thought about this sooner. Yeah. So tell me about Tectonic itself. First of all, what do you do? Uh, what does Tectonic do? And give me a little bit of the background on the history of the company and how it came to to have such an important role in diversity. Sure. So Tectonic is an outsourced custom development shop. So we are uh, all onshore here in the U.S. And then so we you know do everything from quick hit projects to staff augmentation for technology teams. And then the more interesting piece of that is the apprenticeship program that we run to effectively develop software developers. So when Heather Terenzio started the company, geez, about 14 years ago, it was really just a development shop. And 
she ran into the same problem everybody else has, which is where do you find good talent that you can bring on? And she had this uh, notion of, well, why don't I just teach people to do the job? Hence, the apprenticeship was born about four years ago, three and a half, four years ago. And the idea was to bring folks in, give them classroom training, and then migrate them into the development teams where they can have the -the on-the-job learning portion that would then allow them that real-world experience and then progress through. So that's where it started. And then she also, they ran into some situations where clients were like, these folks are fantastic. Can we hire them? <laughs> and and the notion usually in most companies is, you know, non-competes, non-solicitation, because you once you find good people, you don't want to lose them. But in my experience, if people are going to leave, they're going to leave regardless of what agreement you have with your client. So why not enable that journey for somebody? And that's really how the program has evolved over the years. So I, I mentioned at the outset that Tectonic is a B Corp, and also that one of your mission statements is diversity. So what drove Heather when she founded the company and as the company grew, what drove you to include diversity as a core focus? Uh, I think it's experience, to be honest, especially being women in technology. We're already in that sort of minority group to begin with. And really taking that to heart and knowing that to provide those opportunities for other sort of sits at that core of, of each of us. And then you have experience of seeing how much better projects can be. And then what we've also learned is we've opened up the apprenticeship, the folks applying and getting in just by the sheer factor of us removing some barriers to learning brought those numbers up. So that's sort of just at the heart of what we've always done. And then interestingly enough, if you look at just this year in particular, where diversity has become much more of a topic of conversation, if you will, it's not an add-on for us, right? Because of the way our programs are structured, the fact that we're um, getting people from different pools, if you will. So just by that sheer focus moving forward, we have women and people of color and different um, races coming into the program, whether it's gay or lesbian as well, it's, it's more of a welcoming opportunity for them as well. So what challenges has the organization faced because diversity is at its core? The biggest challenge that I've seen since I've been with the company, honestly, is companies willing to change their process and change their approach to hiring um, is really the biggest hurdle. And a lot of that is just trying to get people to, with our program to de-risk that sort of taking a step forward. So we do that, um, in a, in a number of ways, but that's been the biggest hurdle is really getting people out of the tried and, I don't want to say tried and true methods, but the, the habits, if you will, of how hiring has been done for a number of years. Because we've always done it that way, right? Exactly. And, and it's scary to change it, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's scary to change and it's risky. So what have you done at Tectonic to help overcome those challenges? So we have, if you, when we work with clients, um, we engage in a couple of ways. So we can either take on a project and do it for you, in which case we can also staff apprentices on those projects. So they're working 
under the mentorship of senior folks, right? So there's a way in which we're not just giving you a bunch of junior people, if you will, that then people are wondering if they know what they're doing. It's a partnership model with a coach to make sure that there aren't missteps along the way. Um, so that's one way is we never just put someone out there by themselves. And then we also offer a model with our clients that if they come to us for more of a staff augmentation, the person stays on our payroll for a period of time. And then as they work with the client, if for whatever reason the client says, you know what, this just isn't working for us, or in certain cases, if there's a perceived performance problem in the world we live in, which is super litigious, right? It's hard sometimes to separate from someone in a diverse category. Well, we've taken on that risk until such time a client desires to hire that person. So there's a lot there. And then we offer a pledge and a guarantee. If you're not happy with it, you know, in the first week or two, you don't have to pay us. So the apprenticeship program itself, you've been running that now, I, I think you said four years, five years, something it's like about that. About four years. Yes. Okay. Share the story. Where, where did that idea come from to uh, do a program such as this and then go after Department of Labor certification of the apprenticeship? It actually came from, uh, Heather was giving a talk and had talked about opportunity and how the company felt like they could teach people to have careers in tech that may not normally have ever thought they had an opportunity. And one of the members of the audience came up and said, I would do that, like sign me up and sort of even prompted her thinking to go a step further um, to create a whole program. Cause she's like, well, if there's one person raising their hand to an idea, how many more? And that started the training. And then the department of labor part came in as a way to add the credibility and a certification. I mean, apprenticeships have been around for hundreds of years, right? We're just right. traditionally see them in more of the trades like plumbing and electricians and those things. But I think as we see a shift in the economy with more of the skilled trades and that in technology, it made sense. Um, there's several others that are now doing that, but in order to get that certification early on, it was it was a challenge to really put forward a full program and make sure we vetted it so that folks that were coming into it knew that they were getting a solid classroom and um, learning experience. So it's been going on four years. Um, how many apprentices have gone through the program? Uh, for four years, we do probably, I'd say at this point, it's well over a hundred that have been through it. So it was in the early days, the classes were smaller, sometimes five people. Now we usually run a class of 20 and, you know, we're looking to increase that. But a lot of what we've run into and we could do more, it frankly is client demand and clients willing to step up and say, we'll do our hiring a different way. Do you have, I'm sure you do, statistics on the success of the program? How many people make it through uh, and then end up in a software development career? Uh, I do. So over 85% make it through the entire course to completion, you know, which is still a pretty good number when you think about the amount that come in. So we have an 85% completion rate. And then of the people that complete, we have placed 100% of those people. Wow. That's got to be in comparison to 
normal attrition rates, that's a better number than if I went out, quote unquote, on the street and hired uh, some software developers, I could probably expect an attrition rate higher than that, right? You can. And the difference is if you come to Tectonic for a person or a junior developer, we've already spent 12 to 14 weeks with them in a classroom environment. So we've gotten to know them, right? And we've helped them come up the learning curve. Then they get placed on a project. So they're you know, have time with us, but staffed on a project. So even by that point, we know these people, we've been able to work with them and coach them through it. And then by the time they hit the client, the client knows them, they've been vetted. Yes, they will stick around a lot longer. And you're absolutely right. When you just hire someone, you might spend what, an hour or two interviewing them. You hope you know everything you need to know. Um, Yeah. but we've all been there too, right? You, you can't possibly cover as much as you could in, in 12 weeks or more. No, you really can't. It sounds like part of the process is matchmaking. You may have a talented individual that's in the apprenticeship program, but they're not a match for what the customer needs. You see that up front. And that, that also has to play into the great retention rate that you have. It does. That's a good point. And in fact, what we've learned over the years is when we are at the point of matching, if you will, um, apprentices with potential clients, since we have had the opportunity to teach them, spend time with them, help them develop skills, the clients that have come back to us, we end up in more of a meet and greet type interaction than we do a formal resume interview because It is about, are they a good fit, right? Are they going to get along and play with the team on the other side well? And at this point, the client knows what we've taught them, right? The skills are a match. So it is more about the the, uh, soft skills is not my favorite term, but that's really what we're getting at. Yeah. I've started calling those essential skills because they... Yeah, that's a whole... We could talk for a whole nother episode on (laughs) on those. So we didn't have a chance to talk about this as we were preparing, but do you have a, a success story of a someone that went through the apprenticeship and has come out the other side and, and is now flourishing in their career that you could share with us? Obviously, names may not be able to be shared, but just as a story for our listeners. Sure. So several years back, probably a couple of years ago, there was a woman that um, had applied after running into someone at the company explaining what we do. And she was uh, a sales rep at a Verizon store, right? So somebody you go in and just sort of helps you with the, the basic questions and had, you know, had desire to do more, but didn't have the opportunity to go to a four year college. Um, She applied to the apprenticeship program. She was accepted. She went all the way through. She is now a regional like sales engineer for one of the bigger tech companies based here in Boulder. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal to see what's happened to her career. So I'll ask the flip side of that question and say, can you share a story from a company perspective of how one of your clients' perspective of how they've been successful using this program. Sure. So we have a, it's a, I don't want to say like a global company at this point that has an office here in Boulder. 
and was having a hard time locating good tech talent. And through some networking with Heather, they reached out and said, okay, let's give this a try. (laughs) Uh, This year alone, they've taken 10 people onto staff from us and um, have basically come as far as to say this model is the only thing that works for us at this point to bring in the more junior folks on the team. So we, we went from, you know, it's the relationships like a year and a half old. And just, like I said, this year alone, they've converted 10 folks onto payroll. Well, and that leads me into the next part of the conversation, Nicole, uh, to have a paid apprentice program, you have to have clients that are willing to pay for their for tectonic for that work. So that has to be an ongoing challenge. And you've, you've referenced that a, a couple of times in our conversation, but how have you been able to convince companies to participate in this program? There's a couple of ways. And to be honest with you, Jeff, this is still a big frustration of mine. Um, after years of listening to, you know, conversations of diversity and tech, and we need to widen the talent pool and all of those things. And we're still seeing the hesitancy in companies to actually take the leap to doing it differently, right? It, it's easy to write a check to a a charity for diverse groups that are helping the underrepresented. But what does that really do to change the flow? Um, what's worked mostly for us is we do try one, right? See how it goes. And then they will come back. Every customer that's worked with us that's tried one generally comes back. You know, we've offered guarantees to try and at least remove that risk out of the equation. Um, but hopefully through channels such as this, we can start to convince companies to come on this journey with us because we can't do it alone. And you're absolutely right. I can train people all day long, but if customers are not willing to either pull jobs back from overseas or to try a different approach, we're, we're going to continue to struggle. And we'll be talking about this still again in 10 years. So looking at the, at the future, you know, we all we all love to protect the future. To our listeners, we're recording this in mid-December, late December, actually. And uh, so looking forward, where do you see the growth opportunities for Tectonic and for your apprenticeship program? So I'll start with Tectonic. Our growth opportunities are really expanding into enterprises within you know, the U.S. and really helping them locate talent. And, you know, like I say, you know, they can hire recruiters. They could go to a staffing agency, but it's kind of the same old, same old. Um, So our growth is really becoming a partner to those companies and helping produce the talent that they need. I mean, we can train, we can customize anything they need to know. The other path is helping companies retrain folks, right? Because there's a lot of people, as we all know, technology changes so quickly and the languages that are out there change as quickly. And we can help instead of a company maybe replacing those people, we can certainly help them retrain and get them as productive on on new technologies. And for the apprenticeship, for me, it's going to be as things change, right? Cybersecurity is becoming front and center and we could extend the apprenticeship for those areas to give people more opportunity than just going into software development. So how do you begin to convince these organizations 
to take the chance. I, I understand and, and heard you say that, you know, you offer uh, risk-free or, or lower risk uh, to these clients, but take us through that conversation, if you don't mind, of what things, what objections are you hearing uh, and what things are you countering those objections with? And the reason I dig into this is just as you said, we hope through this program that uh, our listeners are hearing some of these things and saying, yeah, uh, that sounds a lot like us. Maybe we should change the way we're looking at sure. things. So there is probably, I'd say, two or three that come to mind first and foremost is customers that or clients that have traditionally tried to implement internships, um, right? Because it's the same idea, if you will, to bring in some junior folks, train them up. But the biggest objection uh, that we hear with that or that we counter with is we've taken all of the heavy lifting for that, right? Because internship programs are a lot of work, frankly, um, to not only have somebody really paying attention to what it's the program, but making sure there's feedback and that people don't get lost in the flurry of just the day-to-day activity at work. And then, you know, so Tectonic will provide the program, the oversight, the mentorship, and then making sure deliverables are done. And more importantly, internships sometimes are short term, right? Somebody might have a semester at school or what have you. So you've invested in that person and then they leave. Well, that's not very helpful. (laughs) You know, it it, it helps the student, but it doesn't help the business necessarily. So with an apprenticeship, you now have that uh, longevity, if you will, because there's a commitment to hours. And then generally you can hire that person at the end of, of the commitment. So that is a big one that I've seen. Um, Let's see. Some of the others is really just a repeatable pipeline, right? So I talked about the customer earlier that's now hired 10 people from us. Well, that's easy. They literally now are at that point of they pick up the phone and call us and say, I need one or two people. Yes. Right. So there's a cost reduction on their end from recruitment fees, onboarding, and the time it takes someone once you get them into the door, how do you how quickly do you ramp them up into being fully productive? We now know exactly what they need. We've pre you know sort of pre-game that that those folks the the time to value is much quicker. So we talked about one of the one of the factors that is I'll call it limiting the expansion of the program is just companies who are willing to do this. Um, have you run into to pipeline problems? yourselves? In other words, do you have enough candidates to fill the apprenticeship roles that you have? We have more than enough. So I will tell you, we just uh, were about halfway through a class that started in October. We had over 500 people apply to that class. Um, And there were 20 seats, right? So part, part of our number of seats has to do with demand and student teacher ratio. But if the demand goes up, we certainly have enough people raising their hands to say, I want an opportunity. I would love that problem. I just need more clients to step up and say, we need help. So 500 people applied for the roles. Is that just from Boulder or how big of a geographic area are you attracting talent from? We uh, advertised in one location. So this was in the Omaha, Nebraska market. So we had expanded out of Boulder. And like I said, we did almost no advertising that we were there looking for apprentices, but we have people 
that are looking for opportunities and follow us and they found us and have applied. So add a little bit more advertising to that and the demand goes up even more. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I think I saw on the website or somehow I came across this information, you offer a 100% guarantee to the candidate, uh, a 100% guarantee that if they finish the program, they will have a job after they're finished with the program. How do you back that up if the client doesn't, for whatever reason, Great want Great question. As we continue to grow, we have new clients coming on board, but we also are looking for talent, right? And it isn't just always about apprentices that go off to clients. So we have several of apprentices that we have actually brought onto our own development team that work on the outsource projects. So uh, yeah, I think that the beauty for us is we have two paths. They can either stick with Tectonic or they can choose the client route. So as, as you're looking at your talent pool and you've got uh, 500 people applying in, in a cohort, I, I think you said of 20 this time, give us a sense of, of context with Tectonic. How many, how many developers are on staff at any given time? We currently run between 25 and 35. And again, that is a direct correlation to demand. So you've become quite a powerhouse in this concept of apprenticeship for uh, a small and agile company. We have. Right? I mean, that's just, to me, that's a great story that you've done it. You've been there. You are providing talent into the pipeline. You're providing diverse talent into the pipeline. And you're not Google or Microsoft or Amazon. Mm -hmm. I love that story, Nicole, because that's got to be a welcome to many of our listeners that there are companies that are out there that are working to solve the, I'll call it the perceived pipeline problem. As we've talked about, it's more widening your your net as you're casting for employees, to use that analogy, uh, and, and looking for people where you don't, where you haven't looked for them in the past. Yes. that That right there is the key, in my opinion, is if you're all fishing in the same pool, at some point, right, you come up with nothing or nothing different. But the minute you are willing to do something different, you'd be surprised at at what's out there. So I'm recording this from my home in Indianapolis. And for many years, and not not in the last 10 or 12 years, but prior to that, we always joked that there was really only 50 people in IT in the entire city. We just kept changing jobs <laughs> yep. uh, because, because we were fishing, the companies were fishing from the same pool. Exactly. Uh, and we're not going to fill the gaps that we have in the resource gaps that we have, much less the diversity gaps without changing where we go find talent. That is spot on. Uh, yep. So status go, uh, action is kind of in our name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, we want to break out of the status quo. So what are one or two things that our listeners should do tomorrow because they listened to us today? And I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit and clarify or classify our listeners into those that are in tech 
and maybe those that are in HR. So uh, put you on the spot and what's a couple of things either one of those or both of those groups could do tomorrow because they listen to us today. They could call us <laughs> for help, but in, in, in all seriousness, I think taking a hard look at your internal practices and assessing how well they're working. And a, you know, a challenge I have is even if you took a percentage of one recruiter and diverted it into a new channel such as ours, you've already opened new opportunity. And in addition, you've also started down the path of attacking diversity and inclusion ratios at your organization, right? Because just by the sheer nature of how we find candidates, we have more diverse talent, which is also something people are trying to solve for in today's today's world. So, you know, is as direct as it is, call and talk to us. We'll figure out how to help. And yeah. if we're, if it really isn't a good fit, we're going to tell you that too, because we're out to make a change, but it's got to be the right change. Well, and if they call and talk, they will learn. Yes. Uh, learn from your experience. And like you say, even if it's not a match from a client relationship perspective, there'll be some takeaways from the conversation, I have no doubt. Agreed. I mean, it, this right now, we're at a point in, I think, everyone's history now where we need to do things differently if we're going to make a change and not only address the need, but also address the issue of the lack of inclusion in tech in today's world. And we've got a solution for both. I love that action, just summing it up, do things differently than you've done in the past. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I know this is an incredibly busy time for you and Tectonic, and I appreciate you setting aside the time to talk with our listeners today. Well, I appreciate you making the time for us because, you know, to your comment right now about learning, the only way we do this is do it together and, and keep learning. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, go to intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Nicole Crane. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.